Today on Things That Matter, I'm interviewing Carl Westerlin, and Carl uh, has served with us here at Calvary Costa Mesa for many years. For 26 years, he directed our School of Ministry. He's got some great thoughts, so stay tuned. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Things That Matter. I'm Brian Broderson, and I'm delighted to have in the studio today with me, Carl Westerlin. Hey, good to be here. And Carl is um, one of our pastors here at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and has been uh, on staff here since 1987. Right? 87, 87. Almost. I'm in my 30th year. Yeah, yes. That's amazing. And so, Carl, you uh, you graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary in 1968. Yes. Before yeah. many of our viewers were probably born. Born. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I keep talking to people, and especially working with some young guys, and you weren't even born when I came on staff here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So, from your graduation, 68, uh, all the way through till you came on staff here, you, you pastored three different churches during that period I pastored three different churches. Yes, yeah. the first one, um, Silver Acres Community Church was three miles from where we were sitting. That's amazing. And so I was there from uh, 68 to 73. Yeah. And we were right across the street from one of Calvary Chapel's house ministries. It yeah. was the greenhouse, which became the House of Psalms. Yeah. And so I would come with them to the tent. Yeah. And so I, my so you Calvary visited Chapel the tent. Back, you oh, were a pastor I was visiting the tent. Yes. Yeah. And I visited the little chapel over in... Uh, Greenville. Yeah. Yes. And then from 1973 to 1984, I was in Julian and uh, pastored in a lovely, beautiful place. Yeah. Up in the mountains in Up San in the Diego mountains. County. Yeah. Main place. Street was at 4,200 feet. <laughs> 4, yeah, yeah 4,200 feet. <laughs> and then we went to Grand Junction, Colorado, and I yeah. pastored there for three years. Yeah. Wow. And during your time here for 26 of those years, you led the School of Ministry. Yes. I, in which approximately 800 guys uh, got ministry training. Well, someone counted that. Somebody so, counted that. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't know if they were speaking evangelistically, but uh, <laughs> yeah. they got up pictures and lists and yeah. figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's amazing. I mean, you know, recently uh, you transitioned on from that, but I mean, you know, we all just felt, wow, you know, what a legacy to, to have been able to do that. Well, I felt so privileged to do that. Yeah. It's, it was a great ride. Yeah. Just did it. But now uh, it comes to a point in life where you think it's time to pass the torch. Yeah. You can't keep doing this forever. The last few, couple of three years, I've been thinking, what if I drop dead in the middle of the semester? What does everyone <laughs> do then? You know, this is all built around me. So I thought it was time to yeah. make some changes. Not everybody thinks that way. They don't. <laughs> Some people think they're never going to drop dead. <laughs> oh, yes, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're yes. not thinking about the future. Yes, but right, right, right. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so, okay, so I wanted to, you know, just talk about a, a couple of things that you and I have talked about over the years, just some of your perspective on things that I think is very valuable and I think can be very helpful for uh, our listeners, for, uh, for, for people in ministry. You know, I look, I look at you as a person who has 
a lot of hands-on experience, obviously, you know, with having pastored your own churches, with having done your seminary education, and then, of course, with all of these guys that you worked with over these, you know, 26 years. And many of those guys uh, went out and planted they're churches. planted churches. They're yeah. all over the world. Yeah, so, they're, they're yeah. pastoring churches today. A lot of the other guys, uh, the guys that didn't go plant churches, usually would go back to maybe their home church and kind of come in as yeah. an uh, assistant pastor or whatever the case. But you and I have had this conversation a few times, and I think it's a valuable one. And it's the conversation about kind of the life of a church, you know, that yeah. there's a, a certain point where a church sort of peaks in a mm -hmm. sense. And then uh, unless there's some changes that are made, it, it kind of can start to decline. Well, even with changes. Okay. Ordinarily, so so that's the, that. what happens. Yeah. Well, uh, some of those who have done research on this feel most churches have a 30 to a 40 year lifespan of really effective, yeah. where they haven't moved into dementia, <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting old. Yeah. But the churches start uh, young and then they kind of crest and uh, then they gradually move into more of a maintenance mode, you know. <laughs> Can we keep the roof repaired and all of those important <laughs> yeah. kind of things? Yeah. Um, and uh, gradually churches die. Unfortunately for some of them, there's no funeral yeah. because they just try to <laughs> hang on forever and ever. Yeah. And sometimes they have resources and buildings and everything sure. that could have new life. Yeah. 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 So, and it's, I believe that it's at that crest, at the peak there, where it's just like in life that uh, just as people have babies when they're younger, not too many at 60 are still having babies, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's at the, that age, yeah. 20s, 30s, yeah. into the 40s maybe, yeah. that uh, um, churches need to be having babies. Yeah. They need to be planting churches. Yeah. 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 So, so you feel like there are definitely things that you can do to uh, increase your longevity in a sense. I mean, like you said, there's always going to be the natural course of events is that, you know, a church is going to age and so forth. But, but you can, um, you can increase your longevity in a sense if you start thinking in terms of how do we, you know, take this blessing here and spread it around. Kind of. Yes. Well, I think a big thing is planting churches. Yeah. And I, have been saying for some time that our older Calvary chapels need to be planting new churches right up against the bellies of the old ones. You know, I mean, they don't need to go across the world where they're not competition, whatever. They need to be planting them right where they are. And so tell, I mean, that there are going to be some people that absolutely don't like that. Well, so 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 develop your your reasoning on that a little bit more. Well, uh, uh, I'm a farm boy. I grew up on a farm, and so you just kind of accept things the way they are, and that's the way it is. You know? I mean, it's just it's just like that. Yeah. Uh, and a big part of it is the leadership ages. Yeah, uh, you find churches. A lot of times, the people that begin the church, and I and I often say the ones that start the church usually aren't there five years down the road. Mm -hmm. They there are people that their thing is starting something. Once 
it started, there's no more excitement. So they move on and do something else, maybe yeah. start something else. But those that stick with the church, they uh, age. Yeah. And this has been, I mean, our model, of course, as Calvary Chapel is, I mean, we do have a few guys that are sort of the starters. You know, I've known some guys that have done that. Started four or five churches, never really settled. Other guys came yeah. in and then, you know, eventually they kind of do settle. But our model has, for Calvary Chapel, has pretty much been, you know, if you start it, you stay, sort of, right? Yeah. And then inevitably you, you age, so you've got to, You've got to do something there if you want to continue to see vibrancy. You've got to. Well, I'm not just thinking of the pastor as the leader. I'm mm -hmm. thinking of the the board, yeah. the people leading the church. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times uh, they age. Now, uh, I think we're blessed with our board here. I mean, I, mm -hmm. so many of these guys were my friends even before they came on the board. Yeah. But uh, they're young in their thinking. Yeah. They're very young yeah, they're, in their they're, thinking. They're, they're good men. Yeah. 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 Now, um, what, what's the advantage of, like you said, planting churches right up against the belly of the, you know, the existing, the mother church or whatever? What, I mean, do you see that as the kind of a thing where there's a relational thing there? There's, you know, there's we're, a we're doing this because we're, yes. we're relational on this. And if, it, if the mother church is healthy, mm -hmm. it will be advantageous to the mother church to do that. Yeah. It will help them. So often people have been in leadership for so many years and they and they're almost in a rut yeah. with what they're doing with it. Yeah. If I say we need to take the leadership and plant them, use them to plant new churches. This gives the opportunity for new leadership to rise up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. take their places. Yeah. And so take the leadership meaning like the like here's the well, church, the, the the pastoral staff, take guys from there. Well, I'm and, not just thinking of the pastoral staff. I'm thinking board people, yeah. probably children's ministry people. Yeah. Uh, there are different roles of leadership. Sure. And uh, but the, but you're seeing the leadership as coming from sort of the mother church to go out. And, and, the, and if it's close by, they can do that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times they don't have to do everything they can do Easter services together yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know, they can do joint things. Sure. And it helps the mother church because the new fledgling group is not able to provide for all the needs yeah. of the right. people. Yeah. So people go back to the big church, and some of them are new people in that, yeah. but they have special needs. Maybe the mother church has a school, yeah. and they want their kids to go to the school. Yeah. So there's kind of a rotation here that yeah. goes on, and yeah. it's a very healthy one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you think the church, the, let's say the church plant, needs to be independent in the sense that it's oh, not yes. it's not governed by the Exactly. Yeah, yeah. sure they are independent but yeah. but at the same time if they they should have a good relationship yeah. with each yeah. other and actually normally my observation with the new church plants are that they start with a little younger crowd. Yeah. Uh, unless you're moving <laughs> into a senior citizens community then that's hard to do but it's uh yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're at an age now where you've had you know all of these years of ministry experience and you're you're still ministering you're still yeah i'm still here you're still here you're still doing yeah uh, they still let me stay i'm yeah. so delighted you know <laughs> yeah. 
So as you look around at the, you know, kind of just the world, the church world, um, pastors, leader, leadership, what, you know, if there's one thing, if there's one thing that you feel very passionate about, like, man, this is what we need right now. What is there? Is there one thing that stands out to you? Well, I believe the big thing is we need men who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. We find that our churches have gotten so caught up in programs and demographics and and things and budgets and buildings, but that's not where it's at. It's with men who know God and are tuned into the Holy Spirit and can speak for God. So, so okay, flesh that out a little bit. What does that, what does that look like? A guy who's, uh, because, you know, I mean, lots of people would say, well, I'm, I'm a guy full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so uh, when you say that, what are you, what are you thinking of specifically? What, what do you, how are you going to identify that when you look at somebody and go, that guy, that guy's being led by the Spirit right there? Well, I think a lot of it will be in choices that are made. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the choices are not what you would expect them to make, but they're tuned into God. Yeah. Now, the definition I use of faith is hearing God speak and responding to Him with attitudes of dependence on him mm -hmm. and actions of obedience to him. Mm -hmm. My students have all learned that definition, you know, because... <laughs> attitudes and, of dependence. And actions, actions of obedience. Of obedience. Yeah. Okay? Good. And so faith is not something we crank up inside of us because church planters must be men of faith mm -hmm. if they're going to accomplish anything. Yeah. So it's not faith in themselves. Yeah. It's being tuned into the Lord yeah. and letting Him just yeah. give the direction yeah. and the sense. Yeah. And I like what you said. When a person's being led by the Spirit, sometimes they're going to do things that don't yeah. seem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem smart to the to the you know to the onlooker. They they oh no 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 they they shouldn't be going in that direction. But yeah. you know, but don't you think that part of what what hinders the pro progress or, or quenches the spirit is when you, and, and I hate to use the cliche of putting God in a box, but that's really what you end up doing, right? When you, when you think, okay, we, we've got it all figured out and you're not thinking in, at all that there's going to be something that's just completely different that the Lord's going to direct us in. And that's where we've got to listen. Yeah. We've got to hear His voice. Yeah. Because, and that's the whole faith life. Yeah. We're responding yeah. to the Father. Yeah. And you, and, and you, and you know, me, as we think about the future, as we try to help, you know, guys, you know, maybe younger guys, for example, um, we have to remember that, you know, God did it a certain way with us, but He might do it a different way with them. And this is where things oftentimes get difficult because the older generation seems to think that it has to be done the way we did it. And the younger generation is saying, well, we think the Lord is wanting us to do it this way. And that's where the, the challenge really comes in. Well, I keep saying that because I'm so entrenched in Calvary Chapel, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, is there life outside of Calvary Chapel, <laughs> you know, uh, that, but one of my big concerns these last few years has been 
the demographic, the culture of Calvary Chapel has been the baby boomer ch- uh, culture. Yeah. Baby boomers are now all past 50. Yes. You know, yes. they're past 50. So, and a lot of this has to do with style, not core values. Yeah. But the style, the way yeah. we do things. But that matters. The way you do things matter. It certainly matters if yeah. you're going to reach the generation yeah. you want to reach. Right. And so uh, sometimes uh, the older generation need to loosen up on their... They want things the way they want. They want the kind of music they want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know that that's a godly attitude. The godly attitude would be an attitude that wants to pass it on and is godliness in part is being concerned about others rather than being concerned about self. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, one of the things I love about you and Barbara, your wife, is that you're both, you're, you're young at heart still. And, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, we've had some challenges, obviously, you know, in our transition time here at Costa Mesa. And, and sometimes it'll be, you know, your generation of folks that are kind of upset <laughs> about this change or that change. And I always love the way you've kind of come in and just said, no, you know, come on, get over this, you know. And, and yeah. I mean, I can say it and they just, well, you know, of course you say it because, you know, you're younger. But when somebody like you says it, I think it, it carries some more weight. Well, I don't, you know, sometimes people need perspective. Yeah. You know, we we get so entrenched in our way of thinking and doing things that yeah. sometimes <laughs> we need to be just stirred yeah. up a little bit to. And and you know, that happens from generation to generation. It's nothing new. No, it's nothing and new. So we got to recognize that we're. I, I think there was a time in 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 the life of Calvary Chapel. I know I thought this way, and I think many of my peers did. That, you know, tradition was something that everybody else had a problem with. You know, everybody else got caught in tradition, but man, we will never do that. But uh, that's a mistaken notion because, of course, we're all vulnerable to that. Yeah, Yeah. we we certainly are. I mean, every generation establishes its own traditions. Yeah. And Calvary Chapel has a lot of tradition today. Yeah. And I love the traditions. I mean, I even love the old, you know. Yeah. uh, But I, I... Keep thinking. We've got to be thinking how we're going to yeah. reach another generation. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head, though. It's by, it's it's really simply by being led by the Spirit. You know, God knows what He wants to do. He knows how He wants to do it. He knows who He wants to do it through, and we just need to be in tune. And I think a lot of the leading of the Spirit has to do with uh, personal contacts we have with people. You know, it is not put into, it's not that the Holy Spirit gave me this program. Yeah. I think a lot of it is one-on-one stuff. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. the way it is. The Lord just connects you with people, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, you just keep. Well, Carl, thank you for, well, thank dispensing you for having me. some of your wisdom. <laughs> great well, having you I today. I just enjoyed being here. All right. I always enjoy being with you. Yeah. Thanks. And so, All right. it's good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today and uh, hope the program was a blessing to you. And uh, we'll look forward to the next time we're back with Things That Matter.